When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the VolQuest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome to the VolQuest podcast. I'm Eric Kane with Rob Lewis, Brent Hubs, and Austin Price. As always, a big thank you and a shout out to Exterior Home Solutions for making this coverage possible for a free estimate today. Give them a call at 865-524-5888, or you can visit them online at exteriorhomesolutions.com. Got a whole lot to get into today. The, the uh, fall camp portion uh, here in the month of August is starting to wrap up for Tennessee football, shifting more towards a run-through for uh, game week preparations before actual game week next week. So uh, a, a lot was said with Josh Heupel in, in his Monday press conference, and we'll get to some of that here in a moment. But first, I want to ask you guys surprises of fall camp. They can be good or bad. Brent Hubbs, what's a surprise for fall camp for you? For me, it's the transfers in general. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that, that steps out for me. And we'll see if they if they hit on all of them the way it seems right now. But, you know, you had Dante Thornton, Dante Thornton, Dante Thornton was kind of the only guy anybody sort of talked about in spring. And you wondered about John Campbell. John Campbell looks totally different to me now. Um, I think he's playing with a lot more confidence. He looks to be in better shape. Um, I think if you got everybody and put them on a truth detector over there, Keenan Peely may be – the biggest surprise of any of them because he's been better than they thought he would be. Uh, you know, Gabe Judy Lally is, he's a better corner than Tennessee's played with at times the last decade. And he's probably not going to start for Tennessee, uh, but, but he's going to help this team along the way. So for me, I, I think it's the, tra- the impact of the transfers uh, and what they're going to be able to do for this team. That, that's the first one that jumps out to me, Eric. Well, what about you? Anybody, any any player or position specifically that has jumped out, good or bad? Well, I mean, I, I like what Hubbard has to say about, you know, hitting on so many transfers. I mean, I think the percentage of what looks like hits are, you know, I think that's a, that's a good story. This one's not nearly as big, but I'm surprised. I mean, I guess not, I mean, Chaz Nimrod and Caleb Webb both made some noise in, in the spring, but it sounds like, you know, the last two times Josh Heupel has talked, He's mentioned both those kids as played in the rotation. I mean, by name specifically. He wasn't asked about Nimrod or Webb, but when he's been asked about the, the wide receiver rotation the last two times, he's mentioned those kids. So, you know, I, I don't think they're going to, you know, play a ton, but it, it's a little surprising to me to think that, you know, after two years of them playing, you know, three or, you know, maybe playing four when Squirrel, you know, or Ramel pushed in there, that could they really play six at wide out? And again, that's not as big of a story as, as the, the transfers. But um, to me, it's since the tight rotation at receiver has been, you know, kind of an ongoing thing we've all talked about. If they really play six guys routinely out there, I think that would be noteworthy. I mean, for me, I, you know, I don't know if there is a a big surprise. I I think what hubs hit on is valid. I think what Rob just hit on is very valid just because they've not played a huge rotation. Um, You know, I, I think Omar Norman lot continuing his upward trend. I wouldn't call that a surprise, but I think it's a good thing to see. Um, and, and, you know, this is a, a defense that, again, that I think, you know, should take a step this year. And uh, you hope that uh, 
you hope that some of these guys that you are hoping to you know, see ascend do just that, and then I, I think the surprise kind of wears off after that. I think for me it's the front seven. Um, you knew you were going to be deeper on the defensive line. You knew you were going to be much deeper at linebacker. And, you know, that offensive line held its own in, in pass pro in the second scrimmage. But it, it seems like in everything you hear and, and taking some of the comments from Hypel and some of these other coaches, it seems like they really like that front seven, the depth, the options, and how it's really going to be a rotation with a whole lot of guys who are going to be playing in games. And that, again, the defensive line's been that way with Rodney Gardner. But that's something you haven't seen at linebacker. And so they you know, couldn't. Yeah, exactly. You had three guys. And so for that defense to take a step, like you mentioned, Austin, uh, I think this is huge in that regard to have a whole lot of bodies that will play, stay fresh. And that defense is going to be playing an awful lot of snaps uh, to begin with. Now, we all kind of focus on something good. And nobody kind of gave a bad example, if you will. Here we let's, go. It's let's transition, time. all right, to the <laughs> offensive line. And we knew there were questions coming in, Brent. We knew that Tennessee had to find a left guard. We knew that Tennessee had to find a right tackle. So it's not like, you know, not having solidified five up there is a surprise right now because it's not. But Josh Hopple did say in Monday's press conference, hey, they're going to be a bit of a rotation there at some of those positions. Continuity-wise, you never really want that on the offensive line, but it is something that they've done in years past, and they did it at left tackle last year. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not a huge shock to me or a surprise to me that they're not settled there. I mean, I, you know, I, I thought that it would be one of those things that would settle itself out through the first few weeks of the season. Um, and, and again, I think it's important to note that Glenn Ellerby has a history of intentionally having a rotation on the offensive line, which is a bit of the of outside the box for what you kind of hear through the years, right, Rob? I mean, it was all about continuity. You got to get your fives. So they're in, you know, in step together and they, you know, know what the other one's doing before it happens and, and everybody's comfortable beside each other. Um, you know, you go back to the UCF days at with, with Glenn Ellerby. I mean, they played routinely six, seven offensive linemen by design. And hey, second quarter, like almost like the running back getting the third series of the game or whatever, there were times that they would go with a different guard in the second quarter, not because the matchup was bad, just because they were in a rotation there. So um, I don't think it's a huge concern that they're going to rotate because it's not a surprise to me that the question is who ascends and becomes, you know, who is a part of that rotation? Because right now you got three guys at right tackle. You got like four bodies at left guard. You know, kind of what is what does it look like when they whittle it down to, to, to set, you know, six or seven, and when did they get there? These coaches have forgotten more football than I'll ever know. But Austin, and again, I know they've done this in the past, and I know they did this last year at left tackle with the number one offense in the country. But it just, I mean, when you talk about rotation on the offensive line, that just doesn't sit right, does it? I mean, from from a football standpoint, that's just something that it's unique, and, and it's it's not really easy to hear, I guess. Well, no, I mean, I think ultimately you'd love to have the continuity, but like, I don't think Tennessee, you know, has that luxury right now. And, you know, I think that that left guard spot is going to be a revolving door until they kind of figure it out. Who, who, I'm not going to say that they're going to be Theo Jackson, but who is that Theo Jackson type player that, you know, is kind of overlooked and then all of a sudden, boom, he has a really nice senior year. I mean, is that Ollie Lane shifting back to left guard once Cooper gets healthy? Is that Jackson Lampley? Is that, I mean, I think they'll start Andre Kirik because I think for whatever reason that's kind of the direction they're going to go. Uh, I'm not sure, so sure that that's where it ends up. But uh, 
you know, I think that there's multiple options there. And again, I think, it, you know, somebody has to grab the bull by the horns and, and, and lock down that spot if Tennessee is going to have the season they hope to have. And it's almost like the guard is the conversation, Rob, right? Because it, it is just such an unknown. Whereas, sure, there's two or three guys repping at right tackle right now, but we've seen those guys play, and they did this all last year. Now they got to flip over and do it on the other side, which is no easy task. But it's almost like, okay, we, we have faith that that right tackle spot's going to be all right because they know this offense. It's just it's it's such an unknown at guard right now. And I do think that something that will help with that, Rob, is when obviously Cooper Mays come back, comes back, Ollie Lane can shift, and that rotation should get a little smaller. Yeah, I mean, so much depends on Cooper's health, and you know, when can you get Ollie Lane back there? And it, you know, I mean, and I think Ollie's a guy that you know people should have confidence in. I'm not saying he's an All SEC performer, but he's played a lot of football in this league, has bounced around, has been here a long time. But you know, Addison Nichols, unknown. Andre Carrick, you know, has you know played a little bit at Texas, but but unknown. And it's just you know ironic because you know going back to June or even, you know, July, certainly when we started really talking to preview and fall camp, I know Brent, you know, everybody was on it, but Brent was on the train, you know, you know, Cooper Mays is, you know, can't get hurt, can't get hurt, can't get hurt. And here we are, you know, dealing, dealing with that. And, you know, if he comes back in, in speedy fashion, it could actually be the kind of thing that, that is a benefit for you down the road. No, I'm not saying, you know, he's got to get back quick. I mean, you don't want his first game back at, at Florida, but, having gone through all this in fall, in fall camp and had to juggle so much stuff could actually be the, something that, you know, works in their favor six, seven, eight games into the season. In, in a perfect world, however, this would have been, you know, Addison Nichols or Vice and Lang runs with this. They become, you know, the starter until Cooper gets back. And then the guy who's the heir apparent has reps, you know, leading into whenever that person ascends to being the starting center once Cooper's playing career is done. That looks like it's not going to be the case. It's going to be a, a you know a senior on the last year of his eligibility with Ollie Lane. So again, like I think a little bit of a missed opportunity there with Cooper going down. But I guess something they'll have to manage. Yeah, and and again, I, I mean, I think it's a situation. It's probably unfair to ask for Vice and Lang to be ready right it now. It is hundred percent. That's you know, not fair. To him, um, but but I think if you can get in a game, no offense to the governors of Austin P, but if you can get into that game and you get Vice and Lang you know, some reps at center, you know, what a great luxury that would be there. You know, maybe Addison Nichols is not a center. You know, maybe that's just not his position. I don't know that, okay? I'm just forced that to him. Like, you know, he, he had never played that till he got here. Right, yeah. and and maybe that's just not his – maybe that's not his thing. Um, So, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's better suited at, at guard. We'll, we'll have to see as time goes. But, obviously, when you have the injury to Cooper Mays, you're not sure exactly when he's going to be back. Um. You got to put you got to put the guy out there that can make your offense go the best that that it can at the center position, and, and clearly they they believe that that is Ollie Lane at this point. And um, yeah, I mean, I you know Addison Nichols had all the spring, he had all summer to work there. Opportunity in the fall camp, maybe didn't take advantage of it the way he needed to, um, but but maybe center's not not his spot. You know, you know we'll just have to see as time goes on. I just think that we're going to see them rotate some guys now. It's easy to do the first couple of games, right? Because you're unsettled for game one. So you're sort of doing it out of necessity in game one. Game two, you're going to do it out of the opportunity. The question is going to be when you get into a night game in games with Florida and it gets loud, are you really going to play seven offensive linemen? Um, or are you going to go in there and going, all right, we, we're pretty we're pretty comfortable with here's our best five right now. We're going to play these five. I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see how the next few weeks plays out. 
That missed opportunity about the backup center, Austin. I mean, the same could be said for last year. The same could be said for 2021. I mean, Tennessee, Tennessee's not had a backup center since Cooper Mays was the backup in 2020. You also knew that the last two years, Jerome Carvin was sitting there at left guard and, you know, could slide over and had years of eligibility left. You know, this is different because, you know, Ollie, again, is in the last year of eligibility. And so thus, you know, it, you know, again, it, it's fine. I mean, I don't think it hurts or helps or whatever. Like I think, in a, like I said, though, in a perfect world, one of your younger guys and Hubs brings up a good point. Austin P. You get up in that game, the guy that needs to go in as a younger guy who, you know, you know, needs the reps just in case. You know, they need to be able to be getting in there at some point this year. You flip over to the defense side of the football. You look at that secondary. Josh Hopple also mentioned on on Monday's in Monday's press conference that. Tennessee's going to play a whole lot of guys in the back end. And boy, does that sound good, right? Tennessee played a whole lot of cornerbacks last year. They had to. Tennessee didn't play a whole lot of safeties. Brent Hubbs, can Tennessee have a true rotation back there with the quality of options that they have for those five spots in the defensive secondary? I think it's easy to say they're going to have a rotation at corner uh, because I think you've got a guy, a bunch of guys who um, have some ability. Um, you know, I think Brandon Turnage can play in this league. Kamal Haddon. Uh, Danico Slaughter, Gabe Judy Lolly has played in this league. Then you got those young guys we haven't even talked about, plus Warren Burrell. So you've got a lot of bodies there. Um, and, and I think you could see some rotation there. I, I've got to see it to believe it at the safety spot, right? I mean, I, I think Wesley Walker's locked in. Um, it, it appears that, that Jalen McCullough's completely locked in. Now, you talk about surprises in camp, your first question out of the gate. Andre Turrentine is a yeah. guy who was left for for dead pretty much by, by a lot of people in spring practice. I mean, his mind wasn't where it needed to be. His, his focus wasn't where it needed to be. Um, and, and it didn't seem like he was going anywhere. Wesley Walker's hurt much of fall camp, Austin. Opportunity abound. There's a guy who's taken advantage of his opportunity. Does that mean he starts? No, I don't think he starts. But, but he is a guy who has created some confidence not only for himself but with the coaches in him that in case he's called upon or they want to rotate, then, then maybe there's some comfort level with Andre Turrentine. He's taken full advantage of this fall camp, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, you look at Andre, and again, I think, you know, I've, you start, you know, just kind of, you know, narrowing the focus a little bit, you know, especially as an older guy. You know, it's one thing to kind of have some – you know, things you get distracted by as a freshman or sophomore. But now that you're, you're you know, third and fourth year into college, you, you, you know, the, the earth's getting big in the window, to quote the great Apollo 13. But, you know, I think it is for some of these older guys. Like, it's time to focus, you know. Hey, do I want something beyond college football? And if I do, then I better, you know, you know get it together and get honed in and, and focused on what we're trying to do and get on the field and, and you know, put some tape out there for NFL teams. What's going on answer? over there at the Price household? Max is furious. <laughs> Somebody walking by? Yeah, the, 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 you know, the thing, Eric, to answer your question, though, again, it's one thing to talk about playing a bunch of guys. And, Rob, you know this. I mean, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to, to, to do it. And uh, it'll be easy to do, I think, easier to do in those first couple of games. But, you know, the proof will be in the pudding when you start to get into conference play. How, how much do you fall back and, and just go with five, or do you really rotate a bunch of guys back there? I, I'll be curious to see that. Because um, it's one thing to say it, it's another thing to do it. 
And again, with the and Josh Hopple made note, some of these guys who have been out a little bit, returning to practice, getting back in the fold, guys like Wesley Walker, Tamarian McDonald, uh, they were back in full pads and going through uh, practice last week. But you can also have some options to where maybe not right now because you're focused on getting ready for the opener. But you know, Tamarian McDonald's a safety. You know uh, he's a star, but he's also a safety. Potentially, you could sl- slot him back there if Warren Burrell is a guy that you can count on that has taken also advantage of this fall camp and these opportunities to get some playing time, you know, that, that could be another option as well. So that might not be an option, Rob, for game number one of the season, but, you know, moving forward week five, week six, you know, potentially all this cross training could benefit Tennessee in the secondary. Yeah, I could, I mean, you just have a bunch of guys that have played a bunch of football. And I mean, we've talked about it. You don't have anybody that you can point to and say, man, that, that guy's a, you know, he's a, he's a lock, you know, top you know three round draft pick or he's a he's a first team all ICC player but man they've got uh, I'm <laughs> I, got, I said it the other day they've got 10 guys by my count that have started games you know some of those were by you know absolute necessity thrown to the dogs in that that bowl game in, in you know music city two years ago but you know you still gave Judy in there that's that makes 11 guys that have started an SEC football game so, so there's tons of options and like you said Eric I mean guys have played different spots I mean I think Warren Burrell playing inside and, you know, that star is intriguing, but man, you got a lot of guys that have to prove it. Like AP said, contract years for, for a lot of guys in, in the secondary. Just- it, Willie Martinez's room is like Baskin Robbins. There's, you know, 31 different flavors, you know, they, they just got to figure out, you know, who, what's to me, it's what's steady. Like, you know, I mean, I, there might be a guy flashes or two, but they need, they need some consistency and some athleticism, and whoever can provide that combination is the guys I would roll with. Yeah, steady makes me a little bit nervous because then that that gets back into well, he knows where to be all the time. Well, and I don't. I'm saying steady and be there. combination of steady and that, like Gabe Judy Lally is the guy that I think of of like good athlete. Is he the best athlete in the secondary? Probably not, but good athlete runs well and and. The, has the mental part of it. Okay, I get, I get what you're saying. Does that make sense? I mean, I don't. Yeah. I, 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 I totally understand how that came across. Yeah, you, but you, I mean, you got to be more athletic. I, you, everyone knows where I stand on the on the back end of the defense. And yeah, I'm with her. I can. To me, I mean, I, I know what you're saying, AP. But when I hear steady, I can. I think of the, somebody steadily giving up an eight yard cushion every every snap. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, my thing is like you, like Kamal Haddon's got a lot of athleticism. But then, you know, you went to that South Carolina game and he just chirp, 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 chirp the whole time, you know, and to me was a liability out there. Now, he's had a good offseason. You know, we'll see if it translates. Again, when he flashes, Kamal Haddon, very, very capable. Then his down is, mm, don't really need him out there. He's a detriment. How's his health, AP? Um, he should be fine. Yeah, I mean – I, I, you're right, it, Kamal. To me, the South Carolina thing is not as bad. Other than it was just it was awful to chirp while you're getting beat. All eleven defenders were liabilities that night for Tennessee. They couldn't <laughs> yeah. stop anybody anywhere. Now the Miami or the the Orange Bowl game, some of that chirping there. You know, he got away with a couple things that yeah, you know, probably could have been flagged on him. He's got to be under control. Um, he can't be a liability that way. You know, one hundred percent. Again, that's a guy that a lot of us didn't think would ultimately end up being in this program. Um, but he was the best corner coming out of spring, and he's kind of still been there uh, as one of the top corners. But the thing that you have for Kamal Haddon is Kamal, there, there's somebody who can take Kamal Haddon's spot. Last year, there wasn't anybody to take Kamal Haddon's spot. Okay, yeah, you didn't like him running his mouth, but who are you going to play? 
right? You're beat up and banged up, but he was clearly your most athletic option before you put the Nico Slaughter in there in the Kentucky game. He, if he becomes any kind of early liability in a game, they play well. There's about three or four guys you can plug and play in his spot, which I think is of great benefit for the for the corners and, and kind of keeping everybody under control uh, emotionally, which was a hard hard thing to do for a couple guys last year. Real quick, how are those young guys? Five freshmen, three corners, two safeties. You know, when we're talking about this rotation, these guys pushing everything. I mean, we've seen some of these guys flash a little bit. What are we hearing about the freshman defensive backs? Well, I mean, I think what Austin was saying earlier, I mean, the athletic ability is the first thing that jumps out. I mean, Ricky Gibson's a heck of an athlete. Jordan Matthews is a heck of an athlete. I think Christian Connors has closed this fall camp as well as any of those freshmen have at the corner position. Um, so, I, I mean, I think when you start there, you feel really good about those guys. The blessing is that they're not they're not handing them a starting uniform. You know, they're not giving them a uniform and say, hey, you're a starter. Figure it out on Saturday. Like they did Alante Taylor, who's a receiver that they flipped over there and said, figure it out. Bryce Thompson and, and some of these other guys. So, um, you know, the, the blessing is they can bring those guys uh, along at, at a steady pace as opposed to just – put them out there and, and let them sink or swim, basically what they did with some other guys. All right, so a lot going on right now. Tennessee's wrapping up the contact portion of fall camp, kind of getting into game week preparations for Virginia and, and of course, the start of the schedule. We'll get into more on that. A big-time commit for Tennessee. Football happened yesterday as well, and Tennessee uh, Chancellor Dante Plowman sat down with Brent Hubbs of VolQuest.com. We'll get into a little bit more of that here as we continue on the VolQuest podcast, but real quick, I want to say thank you and give a quick shout out to a proud sponsor in Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events should never be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy those tickets for sporting, sporting events, of course, but also concerts, festivals, theater, all near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped up for the fun that you are going to have. They have flash deals and last-minute tickets available over at GameTime as well. Easy to find. You can go and buy the tickets for every kind of event in your area. You can see an image of your seats before purchasing. It's the lowest price guaranteed, even cancellation protection, job loss protection, and all that and more over at GameTime. So forget planning months in advance. All right, Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concert, comedy, theater, and a whole lot more. What I need you to do right now, and I encourage you to do right now, is download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code VOLS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. You can create an account, redeem code VOLS for $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app. App today, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And as always, a big shout-out to our title sponsor of the VolQuest podcast. That is Exterior Home Solutions. You know, life happens, and damage to your home can be extremely stressful. That's why it's important to find someone who offers efficient, quality work with financing options. Exterior Home Solutions, they value not only family, but community. And they're who I call when life happens, and you should too. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. A big thank you to Exterior Home Solutions for making all this coverage possible. It was a big time Monday evening. Um, the General's Quarters, and for Tennessee recruiting, Austin Price. Highly rated four-star edge Jordan Ross made his commitment to Tennessee. I know we've watched your videos, and we've read the impact analysis from Matt, but what is he bringing to the class of 2024? For Jordan, I, I think that, you know, he's liked Tennessee for a long time. He and his mom had a great time on the official visit, but they kind of had it in their mind. They wanted to take this thing to distance for whatever reason. Like, I think that, that that was kind of the notion that they had. And then it kind of started to dwindle. And it was like all of a sudden it was October, September. Then next thing you know, it ends up in August. And, you know, for Jordan, you know, you're getting a long, you know, I mean, like his length is really, really impressive. Uh, you know, big defensive end that can come off the edge. Um, again, I think there's a lot of versatility there with Jordan Ross. I mean, you, Hype's a big guy. And look at me, he's <laughs> a lot taller than Hypel is. And, uh, you know, I think that the, the upside with him is, is pretty great. Um, so, you know, again, you know, Jordan, uh, big gift for Tennessee. Anytime you can get a top 50 player nationally on Monday night, now the, the you know, the job is to continue to recruit him like he's not committed, Hover, because, you know, nobody's going to stop recruiting him. And, you know, I, I've said for a while, this thing just feels like it'll have three or four more turns. Maybe it'll be quiet all the way till December, but, you know, it, it just has that feel to it. Yeah, you know, in my conversations with 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 his mom, a little bit about the timeline standpoint, uh, she she felt like it was important. This was early on, okay. But he made six unofficial visits to Tennessee, so um, she felt like it was important that they see it all the way to December, so they could kind of see how a team season went to see if there were any changes. You know, if if there were going to not just a head coaching change, but other staff changes or or this, that, and the other. She felt like going early was was locking him into something that could end up being a, somewhat of a question mark, if you will. Um, I, I think they feel comfortable with that now, um, and I think he was ready to get it over with. Uh, I, I think he wanted it off his plate for his senior year and get that behind him, and um, they felt comfortable with Tennessee. Now, Mama said once he's done, he's done. Now, we'll, we'll see, you know, how that changes. We all know how the recruiting process works, but – um, initially she wanted him to wait because she wanted to make sure he had all of his options all the way till December because you never knew what happened. But I think the more they conversed with schools in Tennessee, the more comfortable they felt with the stability at Tennessee. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, I, and again, I think when you look at the teams that, you know, were his finalists, you know Alabama's not making a change. And, and you know, to me the, the one big question mark was Florida um, just because – you know, you look at Florida and depending on the season they have, who knows how, you know, quick the trigger finger is on, on Napier um, down there. But I mean, I, I get one to hold out, but I mean, most of the teams that were in on right. him at one point or another are pretty stable. Yeah, um, I mean, Brian, 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 Nick could retire tomorrow. 
or whatever, but like, you know, again, most feel and look pretty stable. Yeah, I agree. Jordan Ross, he becomes the 20th commit for the class of 2024. He's the second highest rated Tennessee commits uh, behind Mike Matthews now in the class. He is the 13th four-star commit, the 10th defender, uh, the second edge in the class, uh, along with uh, Lindstrom. Uh, and I know some of those guys are versatile down there, but you look at this class AP, it's well-rounded. And this is obviously one of those big boy battles that you always reference and saying, hey, Tennessee needs to win a couple. This is one of them. Well, this one, uh, you know, Danny Okoye, if you can close Danny Okoye and Nasir Smith to go along with Jordan Ross, Kellen Lindstrom, and then, you know, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you, you look in state, you know, um, you know, down in Chattanooga. I mean, I think ultimately that's, uh, you know, you know, Carson Gentle was one of the first kind of fire starters for this class. And, you know, it feels like he committed 14 years ago. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the defensive client class, not too bad. Again, you've still got to close out Danny Okoye. You've still got to close out Nasir Smith. And, again, if Nasir Smith has a really good year, does Georgia double back around to him? What happens with a team like Auburn? Like, I mean, there are going to be some twists and turns. I think that's just the nature of recruiting, you know, in this era. And, uh, again, you know, how much, you know, do you have to really kind of just, you know, kind of hit and hope in, in some of these recruitments because you just never know how they're going to go. Well, then you got to see what they finish with on the offensive side at wide receiver, you know. But when yeah. you start to look at this, I mean, there are not big boards left because Tennessee's kind of narrowing yeah. down in their focus. Yeah. I mean, you got Cole at linebacker they would love to close with. They need another linebacker in this class. So what does that look like here in another month, you know, when you know what his deci- – less than a month when you know his decision. And you see where you go from there. But um, a lot of that hay's in the barn, and this is just the new world of recruiting. I mean, you better have – you better have most of your class built and completed by September one, um, because there's just not a lot of not a lot of options left out there. A lot of guys are, are just gone and, and done because everybody wants it done really before they get into the heart of their senior season. Hey, and AP, I would assume just they get Ross. They they still love to have a Koye, right? Oh, 100. percent I mean that that, that, I, that doesn't change anything. Yeah, that's what I, I mean, thought. Yeah, I mean he's you know uber coveted by this staff. They love Daniel Koye. AP kind of random, uh, and, then you got, I, and then you got Cam Fountain. I mean, yeah. I said the other day, and I don't know if I said this on the podcast or if it was just general conversation talking uh, with Hubs or who, um, but I, I said at the time, like you know, the amount of um, you know nil that would go into getting a Winery, you know, like what what does that look like if you you know got a three headed monster of Ross Okoye and 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 Cam Fountain, you know, I mean, like, you know, I mean, like sometimes I, you know, three, three, three bodies, you know, to me are, are way more impressive, way better chance to be a hit than, than the one. And I, and I think we all think one area is going to be a, a freak, right. But at the same time, you just, you just never know in, in this game. So, I mean, like, you know, trying to flip Cameron Fountain, you know, getting Ross in the boat last night. And then of course trying to land a Koye after his official visit here for the South Carolina game. It's kind of random, but I want to ask about Edwin Spillman. Uh, Lipscomb had that huge game against IMG last week. Matt did an awesome job on his notebook, highlighted Edwin Spillman. But I mean, Spillman had like twelve tackles. He uh, he he laid he laid the the thunder to a fellow Tennessee commit, Jonathan Eccles. But you look at his rating; he's kind of down there a little bit. But Edwin Spillman, obviously, already in this class, he's a cornerstone of this class. He's been one of the highest rated players in this uh, in the state for a couple of years now. It sounds like he and a couple other ones already off to a good start of their their senior seasons. Well, you know, 
for Edwin, you know, he's gradually went down in ranking uh, with us for whatever reason. But Charles Power was there in attendance. And, you know, one would imagine that, you know, with him playing that way against a really, really talented IMG team that, you know, potentially his rating is going to go back up. And, and, and rightfully so. Edwin, you know, packs the punch. Again, you look at who coveted Edwin Spillman late, and it's, you know, some upper echelon, you know, you know, college football playoff routine contenders. And so, you know, to me, that's where I always go with it is, you know, who wants you? Where can you go? And I think that's what matters. Well, and I love his frame that you have to work with. I mean, he yeah. comes in with really good size. We've seen that, you know, with Arian Carter and T. Lander and those guys looking the part when they get here. Edward Spillman's going to be 225 pounds, 230 pounds when he arrives on campus. Um, really like the frame that, that, that he's got to work with because I, I think that – uh, physically, there's a lot more to gain and, and grow with Edward Spillman, and he obviously plays a physical brand of football right now. Well, you look right there at the, you know, at the where he's ranked in the state, eighth in the on three industry ranking, on three overall ninth, twenty four seven has him as third, ESPN seventh, and then Rivals has him as fifth. And I'm blind, so I'm having to squint here. Um, you know, I, I, he's definitely a top flop player in the state for me. Like to me, that ain't that's not even in, in, in discussion. You know, uh, again that. Uh, again, I, I would argue the Tennessee State rankings with just about anybody because I've seen most of these kids. So's Matt, and you know, feel like you know, you know, we have a you know pretty fair judge of talent. I I can't judge everybody, but I could probably judge the state pretty well. Last thing I want to hit on here on this edition of the Volquest Podcast, uh, Brent, you did a Q and A with Tennessee Chancellor Dante Plowman, and that came out Monday morning. Really enjoyed going through that, reading that, and a theme throughout that is essentially. She never thought she'd be this close and this intertwined with college athletics, but she understands that, especially at Tennessee, it is so important uh, to, to be in there. And that's something that she enjoys going back to having two boys and, and just being a mom. Uh, enjoyed that, reading through that Monday morning. What were some of the highlights in speaking with Donnie Plowman? Well, I, I went in with the notion of one thing. I wanted to know why she likes sports um, and then kind of where it went from there is where it went from there. And obviously it was going to touch on, uh, that the NCAA stuff as well. And, and she was very gracious with her time. I think she gave a pretty good account and a pretty good picture of kind of her mental makeup with athletics and, and why she likes athletics. Probably my, my couple of biggest takeaways um, was just kind of her candor with the NCAA stuff. When you talk about potentially settling uh, with Jeremy Pruitt and, and where that thought process was and the stress that she dealt with throughout that whole process. And then maybe the biggest takeaway that, didn't get a lot of didn't get a lot of talk because there was a lot of talk about her visiting with former players and all that, which had been out there a little bit. That, that wasn't necessarily groundbreaking. I thought it was fascinating that she said when she interviewed for the job that multiple people, including the governor, um, and a lot of people on the board of trustees and a lot of people on the on the university side, asked her her opinion of athletics and, and where she thought athletics was. And if you're a Tennessee fan, that should warm your heart because there were decision makers who got together and said, it's time the boat start rowing in the, in the same direction. We need some alignment here. And you can't have alignment if the leader of your Knoxville campus doesn't have an affection for sports and doesn't get sports and doesn't understand the value of sports, which she clearly does. And so that was something I was unaware of. Uh, kind of the emphasis and the discussion point of athletics through the interview process 
that that she had um, was one thing that kind of caught my eye a little uh, off, you know, off the beaten path, if you will, in my conversation with her. But I, I find her to be very interesting. I've been I've been critical of her. She knows I've been critical of her. We talked and joked about she, she read it. Yeah, we talked about some of that stuff, you know, off the record as well. Um, but I think, you know, she's done a lot of really good things. Nobody's perfect. Uh, when you get into management situations and leadership moves, you have to make quick decisions, and people are going to question those decisions, and they always will. But standing where Tennessee's at right now, it's hard to say she's made many bad decisions because Tennessee's in as good of a place as they've been in a long time when it comes to the university and acad- and athletics together. One of my favorite parts about it was, and again, we'll kind of wrap up this conversation, but Brent, you pretty much just said, and it's something that you said on these podcasts and on the board, you know, the last 30 months, you, you, you told her straight up, hey, I was blown away with how you were so bold at that press conference. And essentially she was just like, well, I wanted everybody to know what the heck was going on. I, I love that back and forth and everything that you can check out over VolQuest.com. Yeah, and, and you know, we, we've talked about it a little bit before. She still is a little bit surprised that people consider that to be bold. And I just told I said, nobody sits in a press conference and admits guilt to that degree, basically, is, is what she did. In, in some ways, though, Austin and Rob, it almost united the Tennessee fan base because it took away any doubt about whether – you know, where Jeremy Pruitt fit or didn't fit or Philip Fulmer fit or didn't fit. It, it was kind of like, okay, we're all in this thing together. Here's kind of the villain, right? The guy you're firing and, and his and his people are the villain. Let's go get this thing fixed. I don't think that was her intent, but that's a little bit what it created is it eliminated some of the divide that could have potentially been out there. I, I think you make a good point because – the villain thing. And also I think it gave Tennessee fans. I mean, she was like, you know, this is ugly, but this is also not what, what this program is about. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to get it right. And, you know, Tennessee fans didn't have any reason to trust her or believe her at that point, you know, that early in the relationship, but you know, she was willing to sit there and, and take that on. And I, you know, I, and I think as, as Tennessee got further and further into it, and you know, when you saw her hire Danny White and you saw Danny White hire Josh Heupel and you saw that, you know, Tennessee fans saw that they weren't going to lay down and, and take a bowl, man. They weren't going to lay down and pay Jeremy Pruitt $12 million. I, I think it just all – I mean, I think she's earned a lot of credibility in, in yeah. the last two years. Yeah, and in the, in, in that credibility came to came home in July when they got the results that they needed to get and, and wanted to get with the NCAA. It wasn't perfect, uh, and but there was going to be punishment. There was guilt there, but they minimized that. I think the other thing, too, in, in part of that press conference, it was a little bit easier to do some of that stuff because your football team had been bad on the field. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. Jeremy Pruitt wasn't popular because they weren't winning. Had that, been a winning, yeah, had that been a winning football team, we're having a – that's a total different conversation. It was easy to kind of go that way, too, with some of your bluntness, if you will, because you would just come off and, and, and look like a team that just wasn't – that, that something was off and it wasn't going in the right direction. So that probably pay, paid a little bit into that as well. A lot of good stuff over there. Monday morning, it's still there under the football news. Go check it out. A Q&A with Tennessee Ch- Chancellor Donde Plowman with Brent Hubbs. A lot of great stuff there. One of my favorite things we do here at VolQuest and, you know, Brent and Austin, everybody does a great job doing it. You know, getting these specialty program type things, content items, right? Uh you know, Danny White a couple of weeks ago, Donna Plowman and Austin Price. Game week is next week, and uh, we're not stopping. There's going to be a ton of special content for game week coming up. Well, there'll be uh, you know, a great content bright and early Monday morning. 
Uh, really super excited to uh, continue what we started last year uh, as we head into game week. Uh, and then Thursday, we will have, uh, you know, the thing I've been teasing out on Twitter. Um, you know, we've, we've got, uh, you know, an important addition to the VolQuest.com game week lineup. This will be the one thing on Monday is a one-off. The thing on Thursday will be every Thursday during the season all the way through bowl season. So uh, really excited uh, to uh, kind of, you know, I mean, uh, it's going to be great. And, and to quote the great Paul Heyman from WWE, that's not a prediction. It's a spoiler. So we got that coming up. We got a game day podcast returning. We've got the Rocky Top Rewind starting this Sunday. The Rocky Top Roundtable will be back next week. Uh, all your favorite content items, the matchup piece, all that and more. Uh, that is coming up next week for game week and for out the foreseeable future. Can't thank you enough for being here. Austin Price, Brent Hubs, Rob Lewis, I'm Eric Kane. As always, a big thank you to Exterior Home Solutions for making all this possible. Give them a call today for a free estimate at 865-524-5888 or visit them online at exteriorhomesolutions.com. Like this video, subscribe to VolQuest on the YouTube channel. If you haven't already, if you're watching this or listening to this and you're not a member of VolQuest.com, you better join the party soon. The season is here. This is the VolQuest Podcast. You've been listening to the VolQuest Podcast every week here on VolQuest. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.